Hi, and welcome to our series of podcasts featuring the pros we work with as agents to help get our deals done. I'm Bill Seller, along with Sean Graves. Hello, Bill. And Carolyn Hutton. Hello, Bill. And in this series of podcasts, we'll be talking with Christian Ross from Campbell and Brandon Closing Attorneys. Christian, glad to have you here. Thank you, Bill. And Christian, one of the things we wanted to talk with you about are agents using best business practices when choosing or notifying their clients about closing attorneys. Exactly. How we, as far as agents, introduce our clients to your services. So many times I find that um, we have great practices on introducing lenders, uh, home inspectors, uh, repair companies that we give them two, three, something like that. And many times that the agent uh, will lapse when it comes time to the closing attorney. They'll just write in that closing attorney, not really having a good discussion about the value of that attorney and that they actually have a choice. Yeah, absolutely. And if I can do anything in this podcast, I'd like to explain to people how I would evaluate a closing attorney or or a law firm when it comes to doing my deal and something that I'd be very uh, personally invested in. And, and to that first point is fees, right? That's, that's on top of everyone's mind is how much is this going to cost me? Camel and Brandon, if you go to our website, camelbrandon.com forward slash fees, F-E-E-S. You can type in the exact loan amount, purchase price, or if you're paying all cash, or if you're getting a refinance, and it'll tell you every fee that a buyer should expect to pay. Yeah. It doesn't include loan costs and it doesn't include... Um, HOA fees, but includes everything else right there. Get it ahead of time. That's a great, great tool because so many times when we get a contract and we're asking for closing costs and thing, or the buyer's asking for closing costs and such, and we see they're using an attorney whose fees are maybe pretty exorbitant, a lot more than what I preferred, Campbell and Brandon is, we might negotiate that better by understanding what their fee schedule is. So having that resource right there at your website is a fantastic tool. So tell me about also um, seller communication. You know, how are you going to communicate? How should one expect the attorney to communicate with a seller and a buyer? Campbell and Brandon has a process of you send in a contract and within 48 hours, our team reaches out to both buyer and seller via email. And we introduce the team that's going to be working on your contract, uh, the pre-closer, the closer, and the attorney. And we offer our our advice. We offer our phone numbers, our emails to call or to introduce yourself, make it personable. And to the extent you come and grab a business card, my cell phone number is on my business card. We really go above and beyond to introduce our firm to your client and if we don't, if something were to come up at another law firm or even ours where that's not happening, something might not be right. Uh, the contract may not have been submitted. So expect it. Expect this call. Expect a phone number or, or an email from those clients so that they can get the process started. Now, here's the thing that, that I think is, is unique at Campbell & Brannon is that we use an encrypted website. We're the only firm in town to do it so that we can protect the buyer and seller's information. The seller's providing social security numbers and and, uh, maybe routing numbers and account numbers. This is very uh, highly private information. So our online website that they would go on to fill this information is secured, it's encrypted, and it protects their privacy, protects them from getting hacked. Excellent point. When you were talking about the buyer and seller information that you collect, how timely should that be filled out? And what is the importance of the information you're collecting? It's a priority for a buyer and seller, even more so for a seller, because I'm going to be ordering a payoff on their mortgage or mortgages. 
I'm going to be uh, doing lean searches in the title exam, and I'm going to be reaching out for the HOA. I'm going to need the information, the contact information for that HOA. And one of the things that we see is you want to close quickly um, or you just want to sign ahead of time and you haven't given me any of the information. I can't, I can't get started. I can't get a payoff. Uh, and to condo letters, there can be a $100 or $200 rush fee in the extent that we didn't get it ahead of time. So very important, um, and you know it should be a priority for both a buyer and a seller. So could that delay closing? Yes. Uh, when any, anyone ever reaches out and asks, hey, can you close this in a week? The answer is we will give our best and hopefully meet that. But to the extent the HOA or a payoff is late, then we can't close until we have that. Which actually is a, a great caveat into the final question I have you, and that is resolving issues. Um, as far as attorney etiquette, um, how would you feel that uh, an attorney should resolve issues, whether be it prior to closing um, or even at the closing table when it uh, involves either a single party or both parties, uh, or if it involves just the broker type relationships? Just kind of air it out there at the table, right, where everybody's present, or step it outside? Yeah, so just like the realtors, if the if the buyer notices that either a realtor or a closing attorney is reacting, uh, and reacting poorly to something, either something that a seller said or a buyer said or something they found online or whatever it may be, that client is going to, they're, they're going to have a heightened level of anxiety and possibly lose faith in the transaction, lose faith in the other side. So to the extent you understand that, if you know, and I'm highly aware of this. For example, if, if I'm looking at a deed that's being signed and I don't have the right seller in the room, something went horribly wrong and someone is lying to me, I'm not going to bring that up in the closing room. I'm going to excuse myself and I'm going to find a resolution before I come back and let anyone deal with it. You need to do that as a realtor, as everyone knows, but as a closing attorney, it takes a certain level of experience and poise to be able to pull that off. And, and some attorneys can't do that well. Um, and not every attorney Amen does. to that. <laughs> and so the, the key is I'm highly focused on what my role is in this transaction. My role is to get everybody to closing. And I'm very grateful for the fact that buyers and sellers both want to close. To the extent they don't, it doesn't get to the closing table. Mm -hmm. If they're over it, they, they don't want to close, I can't stop them. But I need to find a resolution that everybody can be happy with as well as the realtors do. Mm -hmm. A resolution that we can close and that we can move forward with. That, that is so key and it, and it takes a lot of experience to do that. If you only do five, 10 closings a year as a real estate attorney, maybe you don't have that repertoire. Maybe you can't pull it off because you've never seen that before. Mm -hmm. um, but you know, we've seen, we do 10,000 closings a year. I'll, I'll add one thing to that. And sometimes when you do have a lot of closings, based on the rapport that you have with the attorney. And I think their bedside manners sometimes become a little bit more laxed. I was at a uh, closing attorney, you know, not in a too far distant past, when the attorney was out handing out the commission checks, um, kind of made a, a slight, you know, joke about, why don't you have a nice vacation with this to the other agent? And of course, you could just see the uneasiness that the sellers had and you know that, that even myself had on the other side so you know it's just amazing sometimes how someone's guard is let down and to always have that professional edge like you guys exhibit you know it's just phenomenal you know it's it's interesting my first closing um, was with an individual and there was one mistake on on one of the loan documents and from that moment forward 
everything was a battle. Everything was, was hard. Um, so we understand it, that we can't let even a single error happen. It's so important for the realtor to have that comfort that they walk in and you already have my cell phone in your cell phone. Um, if something goes wrong, if, if, if you know something gets lost in translation, you call me ahead of time. Hey, the, the buyer is nervous about this. Can you please address it? Can you, you know, yeah, of course, let me know. Be, you know, I have to be reachable to you and, and I have to be an ultimate professional. You know, there's no alternative. And, and to the last, my last point on that, I wear a jacket to every closing. I try my darndest. I'm not always successful, but I try to always dress the best in the room because it gives us a level of professionalism that um, puts everyone at ease. And that actually makes a good point. That is uh, the flexibility of the closing. The need sometimes or necessity to close at some place different. Absolutely. And I've closed at Atlanta Community's offices before. We feel strongly that we are not the um, end-all, be-all. We're not the star in your solar system. If you need to close at an office that's more convenient for you, just ask. I'm happy to oblige where I can. I've closed in cars in a Wendy's parking lot. It happens. <laughs> I do it. I do have a strong opinion that, that if you close at my office, I can be more flexible if something does need to be changed. But I'm, I'm, I'm human, and I want this to be a joyous occasion for everyone. I, I can't keep my eye off of that as well. This is a happy thing for both buyer and seller. They're excited. They need to feel comfort so that they can just be happy. Finally, we actually, on all cash closings, I can get a buyer to sign electronically. So if you've got a big investor that's buying stuff all the time, uh, we just send them everything through email, and they never have to come in. Mm -hmm. Makes it simpler, makes it easier, and, and it's very professional looking. So. Well, this was all in my wheelhouse. Bill is still here. Um, but when it comes to raving fans and the opportunity to create an exceptional experience, I just wanted to take a moment to really uh, showcase Campbell and Brandon to say that, yes, I knew that you did all these things, but to make it a point with our agents that um, if you don't have a resource um, or a relationship with a closing attorney, highly recommend that you uh, get in touch with Christian or with Campbell and Brandon and find out more about their service offerings. Visit their website uh, for that is what is going to be like he said, they're not the star, but that is the last step that you have to go through before you get paid. And there are a lot of great attorneys out there. If you have one, I'm, you know, I, I think that's great. My goal in this whole world of closing attorneys is if you see my name or my firm on a contract, I want you to feel comfortable that we are the ultimate professionals and that we will handle your closing in kind. Call me. Make it personal. Let us go above and beyond for you. Thank you so much, Christian. Bill? All I got is that, that no matter what you think, buddy, you are our shining star in our solar system. So <laughs> we can count on Bill for that little we punch. Were, we were glad that you were here with us, and thanks so much for all your knowledge. Thanks, guys. I'm Bill Seller, and these podcasts are for you, the Atlanta community's agents. Certainly do hope that they are helping. And you can always find them right here on atlantaadvantage.net.